Attention people who still care. How can us average citizens profit from fixing our broken financial system that currently favors big banks and powerful corporations to a system that looks out for us average citizens without using politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. On today's show, the U.S. Labor Department just released its current data on the state of inflation in this country. We're going to unpack the prevailing theories of why inflation occurs and also the actual root cause of inflation. But before we get into that, I first want to tell a story. There was a period in the 1970s known as the Great Inflation. The story begins with the oil price shocks. In 1973, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, also known as OPEC, declared an oil embargo, causing oil prices to skyrocket. This sudden surge in energy costs had a profound impact, rippling through the economy. Prices of goods and services soared as production and transportation expenses increased, leaving consumers grappled with the burden of higher living costs. However, the oil price shocks were not the sole villains in this tale. Another force emerged, the relentless cycle known as the wage-price spiral. As prices rose, workers, fearing the erosion of their purchasing power, demanded higher wages. Employers faced with increased labor costs passed these expenses to consumers, further exacerbating inflation. The cycle repeated, pushing prices higher and leading to a never-ending spiral of rising wages and costs. The economic policies of the time also played a significant role. Expansionary monetary policies implemented by the Federal Reserve aimed to stimulate economic growth and reduce employment. However, the unintended consequences was an excessive increase in the supply of money, further fueling inflationary pressures. The abundance of money flowing through the system contributed to the erosion of the dollar's value and a sense of instability in the economy. Moreover, the government's fiscal decisions played their part in this economic drama. The United States was engaged in the Vietnam War, and various domestic programs demanded substantial financial resources. Yet, tax revenues dwindled, resulting in significant budget deficits. To bridge this gap, the government resorted to borrowing, injecting more money into circulation. This combination of increased spending, decreased tax revenue, and rising deficits added to the inflationary pressures. As the causes of inflation intertwined, the nation found itself in a relentless struggle against rising prices. Everyday Americans grappled with the challenges of stretching their budgets while businesses faced the burden of higher production costs. The country needed a way to break free from this cycle of economic distress. That's when Paul Volcker, chairman of the Federal Reserve, started to raise interest rates in 1979. 
By raising interest rates, less people and businesses borrowed money, slowing down the supply of money, which by the mid-1980s, the economy eventually stabilized. Which brings us to our news story of the day. The Labor Department reporting that in the last 12 months, consumer prices rose 8.3%, the highest level in 40 years, back to the period known as the Great Inflation. History, it seems, is repeating itself. The prevailing theories that could be contributing to high inflation levels include a combination of the following. Supply chain disruptions. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused widespread disruptions to global supply chain, making it more difficult and expensive to get goods to market. Increased demand. The economy has recovering strongly from the pandemic, and this has led to an increased demand for goods and services. This has also put upward pressure on prices. Higher energy prices. The price of oil and other energy commodities has been rising in recent months due to the war in Ukraine, and this has contributed to higher prices for goods and services that require energy to produce. Government stimulus. The government has spent trillions of dollars in stimulus in an effort to combat the economic effects of the pandemic. This has increased the amount of money in circulation, which can lead to inflation. On May 4th, the Fed indicated that they would raise interest rates an additional half a percent. This would bring us to five and a half percent or five and three quarters percent. So the the prevailing theories that I just mentioned, um, they are the cause of this current inflationary problem. But what is the root cause of inflation in general? And so that we need to unpack that for for a little bit. So this is a uh, there's a concept that I didn't fully understand until about five years ago, uh, which is this: commercial banks legally create money. In fact, they create upwards to about ninety seven percent of the money in this country is created by commercial banks. Now they do this. Uh, by it, it depends on the amount of deposits that account holders have in their bank. So there's something called fractional reserve lending. And fractional reserve lending dates back really to civilization uh, beginning in Mesopotamia. Uh, so this this system of fractional reserve lending has been going on in some form for thousands and thousands of years. And, and so banks uh, create money by uh, loaning it. So instead of taking the money from account holders' deposits, imagine if your bank actually took your money from your account to loan for, to somebody. You would be outraged. So that doesn't happen. Instead, they create money based on the deposits of account holders. So, so no money is being taken from uh, your account. Instead, it, it's, it's being created. So uh, in, and in most cases, this is kind of a good thing. 
Uh, it it helps the economy grow. It fuels the economy. It allows the the pie to increase. Imagine if no money was created and there's a fixed amount of money in the world. Well, we would be fighting over uh, this the, uh, a slice, and it would be disastrous for for all of us. So by the pie increasing in size every year, it 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 allows. Uh, you, me, and everybody to get a, a, a slice because this, the pie is always getting bigger. Uh, the problem is, is that there isn't a balance. Um, there's always more money being created than the economy is using. And what, what happens, that decreases the value of the dollar. Um, and this is a problem. And then when any other circumstance happens, uh, like in the 1970s with all those factors happening and with today, all these different factors, um, inflation is just hit, hits us and, and it causes terrible economic uh, harm. Um, the, our, our dollar is, is constantly losing value. Our money is constantly losing value. And there, there needs to strike a, a, a balance. And we're using a system basically that we've been using for thousands of years without even really modifying it a little bit, which has been fine. It's been working for humanity uh, for the most part. Uh, but we're only going to see inflation, inflationary periods. It's going to be more and more common because the world is more complex. The global economy is, is more complex. And, and all these outside forces will play a significant role in creating uh, inflation further. So what, what can we do about it? How can we um, slow down inflation? You, me, regular people, and more importantly, how can we profit from it? Well, this will lead to my financial tip of the day which is become a crowd lender. So crowd lending is when a large group of people pool small amounts of money to fund a loan. Now, when, when we engage in crowd lending, we are actually using our own money and loaning it to somebody else. There is no money that is being created when engaging in crowd lending. Also, it it, it dilutes the concentration of wealth that these banks have. When banks uh, have all the money that's that that uh, that that can be borrowed, we rely too heavily on it, and it 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 creates this imbalance. It's like the the system we have right now. It's it's like uh, the the Federal Reserve and our commercial banks are on a high wire and. We're constantly trying to lower and increase uh, interest rates so we can stay on this, this high wire act. And all the people in this country are on the shoulders and on the, this, this bar that the high wire person is, is going in. And people are falling off because we're, we're not balanced. We, we're, we're constantly trying to increase interest, interest rates to, to create a balance, lower interest rates to, uh, to create another balance. But when we engage in crowd lending and, and we uh, <clears throat> erode and dilute that wealth uh, from, from banks, so instead of banks profiting off of loaning money, 
We are. We are the people. And instead of being on a high wire act uh, with just a, a few banks, four banks control half of all the banking assets in this country. Instead of just a few banks controlling everything, we can bring the high wire act down onto the ground with individuals now being the, the, the foundation of our lending system. Now, like I said, we want to have a balance and, and creating money is a good thing in moderation. But what happens is, is also the government uh, borrows money, which increases the supply. So it's, it's too much for our system to handle for both banks to be creating money as much as possible. You know, they're, they're for profit. They have a bottom line and, and they're going to be creating as, and issuing as many loans as possible. It, there is no consideration for inflation when it comes to banks issuing loans. The government, well, we have this huge government with all these services and we need to fund it. And we often borrow money to, to fund these, these projects or the wars and, and all this other stuff. It's, it's all this money being created and it's too much for our delicate economy to, to handle, our fragile economy to handle. We need to change our system that has been going on for thousands and thousands of years to include a, a, a banking system that includes all of us. <clears throat> and we do that with crowd lending. Now, crowd lending, there are, are, are platforms uh, today where you can have as little as $10 and become a crowd lender. And furthermore, <clears throat> when we're crowd lending, we get to choose who gets the funding? We don't have to fund exploitive companies. Instead, we can choose to fund small businesses. We can choose to fund uh, people. We can help someone out with a debt consolidation loan. Uh, we can uh, fund a community project through loans. Um, we can help a, a struggling small business that right now may be unable to uh, get a loan from, from a bank and we can do it, the, the crowd. And, it, and together, we, we, we can change the entire system and profit from it. It's also important to note when you're engaging in crowd lending, guess where you're not investing in? The stock market and corporate bottom line. You're not in, 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 investing in outsourcing. You're not investing in uh, U.S. companies manufacturing in China and other authoritarian countries, all of which contribute to income inequality. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor, and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know how to profit from fixing our broken financial system, legally, ethically, and without confrontation, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.